Hello everybody, Janet Urban here, founder of Friends and Film. Welcome to our podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to give you insights that you will not learn anywhere, not in film school, not online, not from anybody, even people on film sets will not know what I'm teaching you because we have studied how to go very fast into the film industry and create a career out of it. And that is what this podcast is about. And that is what the A-list program is about, which is our main flagship program that all these people all over the world are doing to work in the film industry. So enjoy today's podcast. And thank you so much for listening. Most recently, I did a couple of commercials. So I did a commercial with K- for KFC with um, Deion Sanders, Nature Valley for the, the you know the, the granola bar company. Um, I've worked for uh, HBO. I've worked on some HBO shows. I've worked on a number of these uh, Hallmark. I call them Hallmark movies. They're actually out on the Hallmark Channel and Up TV. We've got The Unseen, which is in theaters now. I've worked on HGTV shows. I've worked on Discovery shows. Yeah, there's too many to name, actually. And what Um, are the different jobs on set that you've done? I have worked as a production assistant. I've worked as a props master. I've worked as production office coordinator, an assistant production office coordinator, an AD, a second AD, director, writer, producer, associate producer. Uh, I've worked as a uh, PA PA in G&E, PA in camera, PA in art, um, a lot of times PA in art. I even actually, I handled Boom once. You learn so much seeing it from the art perspective, from the grip and electric perspective, from the camera perspective, from the producing, from the office perspective. You really round out your understanding of how things work, which makes you able to handle more responsibility and be even more, you know, have that more of that get it factor on set. So yeah, work all over the place, everybody. Yeah. How um, often did your attorney background come in handy in your film career? And then also, how do you subtly bring that up without it being kind of just left field, kind of jarring? Like, how do you how do you massage that into your conversations? I try not to bring it up too much because uh, I think people go, oh my God, he's an attorney, what a jerk. Because um, we do suck. But, uh, just kidding. Um, but no, it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's com- it comes up organically a lot. Um, you know, especially if you're working on a set, you're meeting new people, you know, people are asking like background, like, you know, a lot of them will ask like, do you have a nine to five? What's your kind of standard job? Anything, you know, what did you do before this? And so that it'll come up that way. Um, you know, some, sometimes it'll just come up, uh, you know, we're sitting around set and sharing stories and just kind of talking. And like one of the stories might be, I might have a relevant story about my career as an attorney or something like that. Um, what I've found, and it actually really helps locally is I, my, my reputation in the Denver market grew really quickly because people were talking about that PA that was an attorney. So like I would go on sets and they'd be like, Oh, you're that guy. And I'm like, yeah, I guess, I guess there's not a whole ton of us. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it was, it was nice. Um, so people would kind of know and they would ask, and, uh, I do get people asking me on occasion about legal stuff, uh, you know, mostly about reviewing contracts, um, reviewing, you know, deal memos, that kind of stuff. Um, and I help out whatever I can, but I try to, I've, I've been trying to get, I've tried to push that, that part of my career in the past and focus more on this stuff. Cause it's, this is way more fun than being an attorney any day. I I personally would find it interesting. I mean, if I met you on set, 
and you're a great guy and I find out that you're an attorney, that's going to be seared in my mind. And I'm going to be like, there's this really cool guy. He's an attorney. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just really cool because it, if you're a dentist, if you're a doctor, it's also just a high level of accomplishment that you've achieved in your life. And now you're getting into the film industry. That is just so cool. So with whatever you guys have been doing, you know, you know, tell people like I was a nurse. I was a, you know, I like, I traveled around the world. So I think that's actually a good way to um, make yourself really imprint visually on, onto someone's memory. Uh, yeah. It's a peer or a professional, not a professional. And, and you never know, you never know. I mean, like there was a, I have a friend out here who's a DP and he used to be a professional parkour guy. I don't know what you call him. Um, yeah. But now he get, because people know that he used to do that. So he gets, he gets a lot of work shooting, you know, extreme sports and some parkour stuff and whatever. So, I mean, you never know. I mean, if you your dog walker example, if you are a dog walker, um, you know, they might like you might have a shoot where there's some dogs and they might need some help. And they're like, oh, you kind of handle these types of things. But anything that you have about you that's like unique and people want to know who you are outside of just, um, you know, your role on set. Because they, they you know, at the end of the day, you're working with people what, you know, 10, 12, 14, 16 hours a day. You want to make sure you're hanging out with people you like and you're having a good time and you, you know, you're connecting, you know? Let, let's talk about your feature film, The Unseen. That is quite an accomplishment to have a movie that you've finished that you associate to produce it on that's now in the theaters. Um, can you tell us what was your job on that set? Can you describe it, paint the picture for us? Uh, yeah, um, as far as the... So I was kind of the bottom rung of the producer, the actual producer producers. Um, so my job was, you know, with the rest of the producers, we were just kind of like uh, problem solving, um, making sure that logistically we had everything we needed. Um, <clears throat> one of the bigger tasks that I got um, handed was I was um, in charge of getting all the casting, all the background. We had um, we had this we had we had one scene where it was a high school party, so I had to reach. So I was trying to find all these you know high school ki kids that would high school age or that could that looked high school age that could play this part. Talking with their parents, getting all the paperwork together, making sure they knew when to come. Uh, you know, at the time it was really there was a lot of COVID restrictions at the time, so I had to make sure that everybody was COVID tested, that we they had the right kind of test, they had the test in the right time. Uh, that was one of my bigger things. But even going into that, uh, we were booking hotels. Um, just a total side note, like like that was a task. You think it's just easy just to go and like go on Wikipedia or go on Expedia or something like that and just go find a hotel. But we had to find hotels that were geographically within the great the right place because we're shooting over here and then the next week we're over here and we want to make sure we're not driving everybody too too far and where you know, how far is it from the air the airport to this hotel and it was all sorts of stuff that we had to keep in keep in mind when we were trying to find this hotel so actually i think it took us like a full week of work just finding the right hotels for everybody um, plus we were booking hotels for, you know, some, uh, recognized talent who had very <clears throat> specific requirements for their rooms and stuff. So it was, it was a lot of stuff. There was booking hotels, working with the budget, negotiating some of the, uh, some of the rates with some of the, the crew, um, helping figure out where, where we're getting catering from and making sure that was in charge. And then just making sure generally 
all of the department heads and everybody on the crew had what they needed to get their job done. So that was pre-production, and then what about during production? Uh, during production, uh, again, we were just kind of on set to kind of be, uh, we we're generally there just, uh, just to have an extra hand. So if something happened, we can deal with it. Um, there were a couple of personality conflicts that went on. So myself and one of the other producers just kind of by default happened to be the mediators. So whenever that stuff happened, we had to kind of step in and make sure that everybody was cool. We can continue to work together. Um, Between the had, crew or the actors or the executive, or I mean... Uh, there was a lot of drama on the set, so it was between some. There was some between the, one of the producers and some of the actors. Some between, you know, different crew members and uh, inner department stuff. And it was, yeah. Um, so it was. It was some of that. We were on set on a house for a week that had twenty one cats in the house. So that that also became a big thing. Is just wrangling these cats and making sure the cats were in there. It was a friend of the a friend of one of the producers donated their house and the house worked perfectly, but they just happened to have 21 cats, which is crazy. Um, so we had a lot of a lot of work, uh, you know, on set during those days doing that. Um, and then I was they wanted to make sure that they had a producer that was driving the, the uh, you know, lead talent around. Um, so that was my job. So I would pick up I would pick up our lead uh, lead actors bring them to set, drive them back, make sure they had everything they needed. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a lot of day to day work. It's, it's, it's hard to kind of like narrow it in as a one, one thing. It, again, it was our, I looked at the producer's job is to make sure that all of everybody on the crew and everybody on the cast has everything they need to make sure that they make, they can make the project the best way they can. Yeah. Did you uh, jump in and take certain tasks or did you guys have meetings and decide what everybody was going to do? Uh, how did that? Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a little bit of both. Um, like the mediation thing with the, the the conflicts, that was kind of just something that I just stepped in. Um, that's kind of part of my my personality. I just happened to see myself as a mediator. Um, the uh, like the stuff of hiring the background actors that that was something that the producers we had a meeting and kind of divvied out roles. Um, same thing with the picking up talent and dropping talent off. Um, and then because I was also dealing directly with the talent, they won't, they also put me sort of in charge of uh, overseeing and making sure that the cat, the talent got their meals properly because there's some dietary restrictions. So uh, yeah, a lot of it was, it was a little bit of mixed both of things that I had volunteered for and then things that were directly assigned to me. Were there um, multiple associate producers on this? There was one other associate producer and she, her job was, uh, for most part, she just kind of followed around the, uh, the executive producer, um, and the, uh, writer and director and just kind of helped them. So that was, she was there as sort of like right-hand man. And what else was gained from working on this? I'm really familiar with paperwork now with a lot of the, a lot of the paperwork. It was a SAG feature. So I was really familiar with dealing with like the exhibit G's and the, the paperwork and, um, uh, contracts, um, you know, dealing. So it's, it's actually helped me a lot. I've gotten a couple of uh, jobs in the production office since, uh, locally. And I think a lot of it's because I've got that experience and I can be like, yeah, I know what, I know what goes into that. I know how to organize. I mean, a lot of it's really organizing information. Um, in a way that's palatable so that people can kind of go real quickly and, you know, they know where, like, 
they know where they need to stay. They know when, when we're moving and where they're moving. And um, so dealing with that, it's, it's really helped to kind of get that office um, behind the scenes logistical experience, which has helped, um, which has helped a lot. And it's frankly, we're working on, um, we're shooting a short film next week. And I'm, you know, just because I've handled, I've done that, I've handled that, it's making it so much easier than like the first time I tried to do this. And uh, tell us about this short. What are you doing on that? I'm writing, directing, and producing this thing. It's a, um, it's a proof of concept. We're using it to try to raise money for a feature that I would like to produce and shoot next year. So we're shooting this out and then we're going to try to put it together with some marketing material and some packages and pitch it at, um, the American film market this year and try to see if we can get some financing and, and make this thing. Uh, the budget for the, for the short is, uh, $1,400. We don't have, we don't have very much. Um, but we're trying to raise the budget for the feature right now is a uh, 5 million, I think is what our last is. And that's based on comps. So we've got one of my, one of my producers is a line producer and she's been working on actually getting the actual number. Awesome. And, um, you've got all, professionals working on this short with you that people that you've met in Denver working on sets, right? PA, PA sound. Um, uh, yeah, my DP, uh, gaffer, they're all uh, good friends of mine. Um, you know, they're helping, they're helping me out a lot of this on, it's a very short, low budget, but they're helping me out because we get along. I work with them. I help them on their stuff. And, um, they really like the script and they really want to be part of the, the feature when we get the uh, funding for it. So it's kind of like, a, yeah, let's help. Let's all help together make this so that we can make the big thing. Yeah. So this is can I ask how you pitched it to everyone, like how you got this team to really be on the same page from the short to the feature idea. A lot of a lot of the people that are on the crew have been talking to me uh, and calling me incessantly about trying to work together on something. So I just said, oh, well, this is what we're doing. And they're like, great, oh, yeah, I'll hop on. This is fantastic. Um, other people, uh, it, it was really easy, actually. Um, because like I said, it's, it's, these are relationships that I've built. Uh, I worked with our DP on four other projects um, in various capacities. Our gaffer, um, he was a PA on the first thing I worked on when we moved out here in Denver. So I've worked with him like all the time. Um, our AD, same situation, like we worked a ton. And my one of my co-producers, both of my co-producers were friends of mine that we just kind of helped. One of them helped me develop the the concept. And the other one, she, I've just worked with her a bunch and she was excited to do something with me. And she said she wants to see how I direct. So I was like, well, let me show you. But it's a concept that I talk about where it's a, the these shoots, the bread and butter shoots, the commercials, the TV shows, the Netflix stuff. It's the mothership. And then from there, we form these friendships that all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, I got all these friends that I want to do more projects with. And then everybody's got different projects that they're doing. But not everybody does projects. Um, certain people are writers and directors and DPs and through conversations on set, you find out who those people are and then you can work on their projects and then they'll want to work on your projects. Exactly what he was saying. Yeah. The, the DP I met, I, he and I worked together on a, uh, really low budget web series pilot thing. Um, and, uh, so he and he, he and I just got along and we worked together on a few other things that, um, that uh, our gaffer, the one that was uh, a PA on the first thing that I worked on out here, that was a really small independent um, feature film 
but you know, we just got along. We worked together on that. I worked with uh, the our executive producer was on a couple of these uh, little uh, Hallmark style movies that I worked on. Um, but you know, yeah, you just kind of you you yeah you have fun. You meet people. You connect. You uh, I tell jokes. Some people don't tell jokes. Some people do their own, their own thing. But you know, you get to know people outside of who they are outside of what they're doing on set and you that's how you build the relationship and then people like to if they like you they'll they like to work with you is there a way you can language why people hire you i know it's a very general question but this is something that i i want to talk about in language and have like moments of understanding for the audience here to ponder this, to have it in their back of their mind when you're on these sets, because there are some people that work all the time and there are some people that just can't get a job. So, you know, why do people hire you? What are the characteristics? What are the ways that you approach? How do you plan? What is the reason why you're in demand? Uh, I mean, a couple of reasons. I think number one, I'm really enthusiastic about this stuff. Um, this is, I got into this because I wanted to be in, I wanted to be in the movie industry since I was like five. Um, so any job that they have me do on set is, is great. You know, I, I, I think it's fantastic. And I also have a unique, I think experience because of the fact that I've worked as an attorney, so I can look at it comparatively and be like, even if I'm cleaning up a honey wagon, it's still better than like the best day as a lawyer. Um, so I'm really enthusiastic about what we're doing. Um, you know, any project, I, I want to know what the what the story is. I want to know, you know, where this came up. I, I like just getting involved in what the actual project is. And I think people, especially the creatives that are involved in this, they're excited about it too, and they like to see other people get excited about the project. Um, I'm. I th I'm, I'm, I'm professional. I, you know, when I'm on set, I make sure that we, I'm doing what, what needs to get done and making sure everything, uh, and I'm doing my job and I'm not slacking off or goofing around, um, you know, unless it's appropriate. Uh, but yeah, my, my, my primary focus is doing what needs to get done and helping the, helping the shoot um, go. But the, uh, I had a sort of an epiphany when we were on set. I, I try to look at it like, it's not, my job isn't just narrow to doing X, Y, Z. If I'm a script supervisor, my job is not just like, I, when I'm on set, I'm not just supposed to be focusing only on the script. All of it, everybody on set, their job is to make sure that we make the best content possible, whatever it is. If it's a commercial, if it's a web series, if it's a TV show, whatever it is, but to make the best thing possible. So if you see something and you are, and, and that might be a problem, let people know. Um, you know, sometimes even as script supervisor, I'll step out of that role a little bit. Again, assuming it's appropriate. Sometimes I ask the director, uh, you know, hey, I have an idea. Can I run this by you? And most of them are actually I've never had a director say no. Um, you know, chat a little bit. Uh, you know, sometimes you, you, you see something, a safety thing pointed out to the AD, you know, kind of stuff like that. But you're always you're there to make sure everybody's there to make sure that that everything uh, that the, the 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 shoot whatever the content is is, uh, is is completed and is completed well, not just like what your narrow focus is. You just happen to be in charge of that. I know you know we talk about the get it factor. Um, I want to know specifically what get the get it factor means to you personally, but also how do you overcome challenges on set? How do you overcome um, 
you know, not knowing a skill and, and having to learn on the spot? And how do you, um, you know, create, you know, you know, when everyone's under stress and things have to get done, how do you keep that rapport going, this, this good kind of vibe and this, um, this teamwork when everyone's high, t- high tension, high stress, um, people, are, you know, everyone's trying to figure their thing out. How do you keep a really good energy on set? So that, you know, it seems that people really like this energy and this optimism and this can-do attitude that you bring to the set. So how do you keep that going? How do you, how do you keep the endurance of, of that energy? Uh, caffeine is a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of it. Um, the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's important to get, get, get a good night's sleep and make sure you're focused and you have what you need. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's times on on shoots where you know just it, there's so much going on and so much you're juggling so many things and people get stressed out. Um, but I, I I keep it focused on the task and if something's, uh, I'll give you a, like a, a specific example. Um, I was working as a script supervisor on an independent shoot out here and we had this one scene um, which was a barbecue party with. 42 background characters and everybody was eating like hamburgers and hot dogs and brats and what have you. And the way they were shooting it out was a nightmare for continuity because I was constantly, I was constantly reviewing footage to look at and say, no, this guy had half a hamburger left and this guy had this. And it was, and it was, it was crazy. So it was me and the AD was helping me out. And it was, it was, it was just getting wrangling everybody and getting everything to got together was just stressful. Uh, and I remember, uh, a couple of the PAs were getting, they were getting frustrated and they're getting mad, but you know, I just wanted to make sure that like when we're getting mad, you're not getting frustrated at this person. You're not getting frustrated at this person. This is just like, this is a complicated thing. And we've got a lot of stuff that we got to do. So we're focused on, What's stressing you out? What's frustrating you? It's the situation. It's not the person. And so once that situation is done, and once you have that, once you have that solution, once you figured your way out of it, and you always will, um, then it's over. You know, then you go right back to having fun and making, you know, hanging out with your, with your buddies. There's no tension. Yeah, I'm just wondering what has been um, a case for you personally where it was high stress, um, you didn't know how to do something or you needed to figure it out and it was a really complicated issue. Like, how did you overcome that? You were tired, set morale is low. Like, how did you overcome that? It's it's happened quite a bit. We had a, uh, we were shooting a movie out in uh, Colorado Springs and we happened to be shooting right when this giant snowstorm was coming through in the middle of the day. Um, and it was like negative eight on the thermometer, not including like wind chill. Uh, and it was an external scene. It was an outside scene. So it was just, I mean, everybody was freezing. Their snow was blowing. It was, it was, it was terrible. Um, and so they asked everybody, you know, hand, all hands on deck, everybody kind of trying to help out. So I remember they were asking us to like help secure some of the lights and some of the rigging and, um, bring it, bring things up and take things down. And some of this stuff was not things I'd ever dealt with before. I've never handled this, you know, this certain type of rig. And so when they would ask me to go over there and like, you know, can you do this? I, you have to, I had to make a point because my, my normal instinct when someone says, do you know this is to just go, yeah. Um, even if I don't. Um, so I had to make a point of saying like, you know, can you do this? And I had to be like, I've never dealt with that before. Can you just give me a real quick overview and either they would just explain to me real quick and I would 
understand it and go try it. Um, or, you know, they send somebody else with me. But I, I never happened where they would just say, oh, I'll just have someone else do it. They were, I think they kind of looked at it and go, oh, well, you know, you go follow this guy and he'll teach you and you can see it and so you can learn. So then next time I can do it, you know. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting that you brought up Colorado Springs snowstorm because I am wondering if how much weather and climate affects your shoots. And I mean, even in Chicago, right? Like the, you know, the winters yeah. are brutal sometimes. So is it a different protocol? Like how, when does it, when it's like, okay, we got to shut this production down for today. Like this is not, like how, who's, who decides and, and how do you go about that? That comes down, I mean, if uh, that's, that's decided, you're generally AD is going to call that. Um, we had, a, I was working on a commercial recently and we had a thunderstorm that was rolling in. And so, you know, once they had, they, they, they were reporting lightning that was, I think like 10 miles away, 15 miles away or something like that. And they said, all right, well, you know, they made an, the AD made an announcement. We've got, you've got a storm that might be rolling in. We've got lightning that's 15 miles away. Uh, it, we're going to keep working, but once it gets, I think it's within five miles, if I recall, if they if they see or they have a report of lightning within five miles, then they have to call it. So then um, they actually did. They called it uh, in the middle of lunch. So we all just kind of went. It was supposed to. It was supposed to blow over pretty quickly. So we just all went and hung out and sat in cars and and uh, the cargo van and just kind of pretty much everybody napped uh, for like an hour and a half. Uh, and then the storm blew over and we went right back to work. But uh, yeah, no weather. Um, Weather can really, really screw things up. I'm, I'm lucky I haven't had a, a day where weather has shut everything down and we just can't do it. Um, at most, it's been it's kind of come through and blown through, and then we just get back to work. But yeah, it, it, it can be bad. And knock on wood, I hope I don't have one of those anytime soon. It's easy to be like, okay, well, you know, not just be like, okay, so everybody just relax now and just wait for it to blow over. But what you want to be doing is thinking about, okay, this is going to blow over and where do we need to be positioned and what can we be doing right now while we kind of wait for this too? You know, you always want to be anticipating and moving it forward instead of just being like, okay, recess time. <laughs> let's talk about uh, more like, let's talk about get a factor. It's easy to think about other people or just notice places where other people did not have get a factor. And the, the, then there's learning that can come from that. Can you think of some situations that occurred on sets, maybe with other people or even with, with yourself, where you made a mistake or didn't have get a factor or you learned something or really should have been thinking about something? Um, do you have any examples of that? I mean, I kind of look at get it factor as uh, one of the main aspects is just you realize you're not there for you. You're there for the production. You're there for the, for the for the project. So I think a lot of like ego can get in the way um, real quick. Uh, you know, I've been on sets multiple times with it's usually PAs um, that are usually pretty green um, or people that are PAing on this, but they just came out of film school and they you know directed something that they think was really cool. Uh, but where either they're complaining about like some of the tasks they have to do or uh, complaining about talking about, you know, oh, I think this was, I think that shot was terrible. I think that, you know, that was, that was a terrible take. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? I would do this way. Um, that spreads around real quick and people generally will find out and will hear about it. And then I, I've never seen those people back. 
so yeah, kind of realizing that you're not there for them. And this is weird, you know, if they're making a call for whatever reason, that's their call. And they, I'm sure they have, they've probably got information or they have access to something that you don't have access to. Um, and it's not your job really to make those decisions. But um, I'll give you a, for example, uh, from the unseen. Um, so we had a, uh, the writer was also one of the actors in the movie. And we had one day where uh, the AD had uh, second AD had sent out call sheets. We had the schedule all figured out for the next day, uh, and the writer, who was also a producer, uh, she had submitted a rewrite for one of the scenes that we were going to shoot the next day, which is not a problem. Usually, we're talking about like you know typos, correcting typos, or maybe changing a line here or there. It's really not a big deal most of the time, but they added. Um, like I think four pages into the script, into this one scene, which just featured her character. Um, and it read by most of the people, including our lead talent, that this was just her kind of trying to shoehorn herself into getting more screen time. So that obviously adding four more pages to a, to a day when you've already had the schedule planned out is gonna cause a lot of problems um so we had a late night meeting with the, all of the producers uh the writer uh actor uh, person who submitted the rewrite and um our lead talent and the director uh just kind of figuring out how best to do with this because you know she did have the she was our top producer so she kind of has the, does have the authority to make that call on adding something uh, but then my job was just to continually email and keep in contact with all the crew and just let them know what was going on because they've got, you know, they went home for the day and they've got a call early in the morning. They got to know if that's going to change. They got to know if there's gonna, they need to do something else. They need to prep for some other scene or some other lighting rig or whatever it is, you know. But yeah, that took like three hours to figure that one out. That was that was a fun day. These kind of situations happen on set because... Uh, you know, somebody has an idea, they're in a position of power, they, st the discussions start, and then everybody needs to figure it out. So you, um, you give them the space to figure it out, it will get figured out. So you support it. But I, what you said was so good, because you never want to, it's, it's easy to be like, I don't see why we're doing this, or it's easy to have like your give your own assessment of something and it kind of have it be sort of a negative assessment. It's just so easy. People do it, but you don't want to do it. You always want to stay positive because you don't know, like, like you said, all of the moving parts there and the people that need to have the conversation with this particular person on the four at a fourth, they, they will have it and it'll get sorted out. And you want to be supportive and like, okay, well, they're, they're figuring that out. And if there's anything that they need from me, I'm, ready to jump in, whatever is needed. Always say yes and always have a positive viewpoint, um, vision for everybody. Always see the best in people. That's probably a very good thing to kind of keep in mind because I, I just can notice through my own career through the years, it's just easy to be like, I don't know why we're shooting this. This dialogue is ridiculous. I mean, I can't believe that I'm working on this McDonald's thing with, you know, like to hawking stuff to people that don't that unhealthy food and you know the, the director might feel the same way but that doesn't mean that you want to talk about it on set like there this 
project is very important for their career that they're going to take to the next place so that they can do their feature film or you know it's always like there's just a lot of moving parts that you don't realize so making even though it could be a correct and true assessment that a lot of people would agree with what you're doing in that moment is not helpful it's not moving things forward i actually have a question for both um, adam and, and janet in terms of the protocol to addressing a concern um, especially if it is within you know your, your responsibilities and to not cause offense. Like, do you have language that you use? Do you have certain words that you use? I mean, obviously, Janet, I know she has you know her her repertoire of words um, as a sound mixer of asking the right questions um, and and not knowing when to not ask questions, like she just said. Um, but what about you, Adam? Do you have um, like a certain list in your mind that you go through to reflect on? Hey, is this within you know? Uh, is this my my responsibility? Is this something that I should not ask? Is this something that I can ask, but in a different way? Like, how do you go about making sure that again everything is positive? I mean, I think generally, if you're if it's about how they're doing something, if it's about if you if I have a thought about how they're doing something, or if I disagree with you know something kind of like create creatively, and I'm not i have no creative input in the thing you know that's something that i just kind of say well that's not my that's not my role that's kind of hands off because you also have to remember um again i i learned it firsthand being an associate producer on this is there are so many different factors that you might not be privy to that go into why they're doing it this way it could be an insurance issue it could be permitting issue it could be an issue um, with some of the contract language with, you know, who, whatever performer it is, it, 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 you don't necessarily know. So just because you think, oh, there's, there's a better way to do this gag, it doesn't mean they haven't thought about it, thought of it, thought of it. It just means they're doing it that way for a reason. So just, you're not, you don't want to get involved in some long discussion of why they're doing this. They made that decision. There's a lot of fast moving parts. Just let them do, just let them do their thing. I mean, obviously, if it's something that is that makes you feel unsafe or uncomfortable, I mean, that's always something that you can you can speak up on, um, and it's usually just something easy like, "Hey, listen, I'm uncomfortable with this, or I don't feel safe," and I that will always get addressed, um, and they always handle handle that very well, uh, in my experience. But um, yeah, what kind, I, what kind I mean, of situations just, would make you feel unsafe? Um, we, uh, you know, a lot of stuff, well, guns on set is a big issue, especially now. Um, so uh, we were, I was working on an independent shoot and uh, we were working on a, a scene for the day. It was an independent film. We were working on a scene for the day that had, uh, had gun gags. We were told ahead of time, um, this is how we're going to do this. They're all fake. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to add in sound effects and some of the muzzle flashes in post. So everything will be fine. And then when we showed up on set for the day, uh, we find out that no, they're actually real guns, but they're not going to be loaded. And then that changed within a couple hours to real guns and they're going to be loaded with blanks. Um, and then that changed later on. I guess there was a another call on the fly that they wanted one of the talent to fire an AR-15 with live live ammo. And so there was, there was a big, um, there was a lot of pushback from, from the crew on that one. A lot of people who just felt unsafe. Um, so they, they ended up shooting it with a skeleton crew and basically saying, saying anybody who doesn't feel safe, just go back to base camp until we're done shooting this, this bit. Um, 
but they actually had a couple they did have a couple people walk after that day who decided not to come back and that was a tough call I mean I like the project I like the people I worked with and I was you know they, I was appreciative that they did they gave us the option to walk over to go hang out somewhere else if we felt unsafe so I stayed on um, and we had fun the rest of the shoot but I understand why some people why they felt that it crossed the line yeah yeah me too so you you that's one great thing about this business you can make that decision to you know not continue with a project of course you want to um do it on as good a terms as you can but there's millions of projects out there millions of people if you don't like the decisions that are getting made by some people that you're working for then you can politely tell them that you have another project that you need to go to and you you need to jump off this one um, yeah. And yeah. you don't have to even cover yourself. They will find somebody else. <laughs> you know, if you don't feel like I don't want to cover myself with my friend on this one either. Um, I would say that, I mean, maybe you can talk to this too. Out of all the shoots that you've been on, it's very rare, at least with all of my stuff, I've, very rare that I've been on anything. I mean, I remember working with, I re remember working with Alec Baldwin, actually, years ago, and I was doing behind the scenes, and there were guns, and um, they were doing a safety meeting about how they were going to actually fire guns and so have ear protection. They handed out ear plugs to everybody. And um, I had my headsets on, my, my ears, and I'm just like this young little naive person just like, oh, I'm on this set with all these big stars. And Alec Baldwin goes to me, he, he, he points at me, he's like, and make sure that you cover that you have ear protection for your ears too. He's like, you got headsets on right now because he's thinking that you know my mic is going to amplify everything. I could blow my ears, and it's true. I might might not even be thinking like that about it. I'm just like, oh, I'm just so you know don't want to get in the way or whatever. So that was really sweet of him. I remember that. Of all my shoots, I I really can't think of any unsafe. I can't think of one, and I'm talking like thousands and thousands of shoots however when you're starting off is when you will be on the lower budget shoots with people that are less experienced that think it's perfectly fine to do something that is actually they, they just don't know they don't have the experience you know I, I, I'm like I could see Luca you know like you know hiking down this trail let's all go hike and get this one shot and there's no and you covering heavy gear and it's like drop-offs and there's not enough people and they're trying to rush to get the shot and, you know things like that that's where you have to be like, okay, you know, I'm going to take my time to get this up there and we're going to do this safely. And, you know, we try to get the shot, but we're, I'm not going to risk my life to try to get this shot. So things like that. Yeah. You have to speak up for that type of stuff. Um, even if you're, even if you're talking to, you know, someone like several levels above you in, in, in hierarchy on set, you know, you have to stand up to it. Uh, I was a PA on a, um, on a real little reality show that was traveling through and I was unloading the, uh, I was unloading the grip truck and the, the head producer and showrunner was in an RV that was parked about 10 feet behind me. Um, and I was behind it. Like, so it, it was facing the other way. And while I was unloading, uh, the showrunner, um, who's also the head, the executive producer, head producer, he was, he just started backing up the RV 
and didn't call, you know, didn't say, you know, car moves, vehicle moves, nothing like that. Just started backing it up and it actually hit the door of the grip truck. And so that I all of a sudden I get, I didn't know cause I'm not looking there. I didn't know anything was, 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 you know, moving. So I'm just unloading stuff. And all of a sudden I get hit in the back by the, uh, by the door of the grip truck that got knocked into me and I turned back and I'd see, and he's still backing up. So I remember I jumped on the grip truck and I start pounding on the back of the RV, screaming like, stop, 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 stop. And the, nobody on set, for whatever reason, was paying attention. It was a very small crew, a lot of like running around, changing things last minute because it's reality and that kind of is the way it goes. But they all start yelling, stop. And I remember I, 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 he stopped the car and I walked around to the to the um, RV. I walked around to the showrunner and I told him, I go, I'm like, dude, I was right behind you. And he's, he goes, well, then you need to get out of the way. And I was like, no, you, I told him, I said, no, you need to call that out. If you're going to move a vehicle on a set with a bunch of people around, you have to call that out. It's not our job to look out for you. It's your job to do that. And I actually, he was not happy with me talking back to him, but I remember the AD did step in and she would, she, she backed me up and it was fine. I mean, I won't work for that guy again. I don't, I, I, I absolutely won't, but. Fine. <laughs> there's plenty of other people out there and that's i think when he, he might have thought about it later and uh that yeah yeah you can't just like back up without that this is set safety there's like nothing more important than <clears throat> set safety and the protocols that are well established for how you operate big vehicles on set um, I actually have a question um, based on what you were saying before in regards to, I mean, we talked about get a factor and how mindset is first, but I think that works in tandem with physical safety and physical health and being able to do 10, 12, 14 hours with little sleep or with high stress throughout the whole entire day. Um, like what, can you give us some of your uh, techniques to staying just physically on it, you know, besides the caffeine, we, Mm. I'm sure that's that's going to be the same for everyone. But um, like, how do you I know Janet gets up at four or five in the morning sometimes to be on set? Like, how do you and especially now that you're a father? Right. How do you incorporate uh, sleep balance and then making sure that you are at your top form, your top shape? Uh, the easiest way is uh, preparation. The easiest way to say this is preparation. And like Janet was saying, it's like thinking ahead. So when you get the call sheet, you know, and it's set, it, the call sheet will always indicate what the weather is supposed to be, the forecast is supposed to be for the next day. So if you see that it's going to be, we, you got chance of a thunderstorm coming through, make sure you're bringing some, you know, some rain gear. Uh, if you see that it's going to be freezing cold, make sure you're going to bring some stuff, uh, you know, to keep yourself warm. And so you have, you know, in my in my backpack, it's I still call it my PA backpack, even when I'm you know working as a script supervisor in the production office. It I got I have sunscreen, I've got bug spray, I've got band-aids, I've got um, gum, I've got uh, you know I've always I always bring a couple of energy drinks with myself because I have a problem with that. But um, you know I've got change I got extra socks, I've got long underwear, I've got all sorts of stuff. So whatever, so you're, I'm not caught in a situation where. I am, you know, I'm too cold or I'm too too hot or whatever it is. You know, I'll make sure I've got everything I need. Uh, and, you know, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself first. So, again, if you're running around on set and you're working, you're, you're working your tail off and it's out, you're outside and it's the sun and it's hot and it's sweating, stop and grab some water if you need. You know, don't work yourself to the point where you're falling, you're falling over, you're tired because you're not doing anybody any good. 
Um, and nobody's going to call you out if you're like, I need to get a drink of water. And actually most, but most of the time people can be coming up to you and telling you to drink water in those situations. But, um, yeah, just preparing ahead of time. So if you know, it's going to be a really early call, uh, you know, I go to bed early. Um, it's been fun since, uh, Bennett's been around cause you know, he doesn't listen to me very much when I'm like, daddy's got to go to work. So can you stop? Um, so, so I've had, I have had a few times where I've gone to set on like three hours of sleep and, um, having a, I don't, this doesn't apply to everybody, but having a baby is a great excuse. So I'll go to set and, um, when, you know, when they call it, when lunch break or whatever comes around, I'm like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go nap in the, um, in, in work. I'm going to go find a corner and just nap for lunch. If that's fine. Everybody's like, yeah, he's got, a, he's got a three month old. He's, it's fine. It's totally good. You know, you just have to prepare best you can. Things happen. Um, but give yourself enough time to, uh, I always try to plan on being on set at least a half an hour early. Um, give yourself, so give yourself time to get there. And so you're not rushing because that's when you start for, that's when you forget things. Uh, make sure you wake up early enough. Uh, go to bed early enough. Um, bring whatever gear you need. And that's usually... That's a good way to, to, to keep yourself from getting, um, you know, frustrated and angry and, and losing it. I, I will say that there's a pace on set, you know, yeah, 10, 12 hour days. That's a long day, but there's a pace where, you know, you're doing a push, setting it up and then we're shooting. And then there's the time that depending on your job, you're relaxing a little bit at that time, getting the water, going to craft service, getting something, going to the bathroom, and then you're setting up again. And now they might do a company move and now everybody is, you know, doing that. But it's not like everybody's rushing around like their heads cut off. It's like, you know, it, you don't ever want it to be like that. Like it, you're pacing yourself, you're thinking ahead, you're, and people are enjoying their jobs. You know, it's like, I love this discussion here because um, this is like the glamorous film industry is a lot of hard work and it's physical work. But it's also what everybody is wanting to be there. And when you're working there on set, it's like at the time, you know, you're you're like, oh, I'm looking forward to going home at the end of the day. But also like, I get to do this for a living. You know, I, I could be working in an office in fluorescent lights and not be using my body at all, but d doing something that is just like, not at all what I want to be thinking about. Like I get to be around all these creative artists making something that's going to live on. It's pretty yeah. cool. So, you know, it, it, there's, there's good and there's bad to everything, or there's, you know, there's like the bummers part of the job maybe. And there's the amazing part. Like, you know, I just think that there is no more exciting way, more freedom way to live your life than this business. I absolutely love it doing it 25 years. And I think that when you talk to people on set, everybody will say the exact same thing. Once you get into it, you're like, I, I can't believe my life. There's nothing else I want to do. I go back to nine to five corporate. Think about that stuff. No way. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, if I go, if I, if I have periods of time where I, where I'm not on set for a while, I miss it. Like I, it yeah. is, it's a 12 hour day, sometimes 14 hour days, but they fly by. And I'm always having a good time. And the, the stuff that you get to do every day on set is a different, is a whole different thing. Um, you know, you're, you're dealing with, it, you could be in a different area, you know, traveling. I've got a friend of mine who just got hired on a gig and he's out in uh, Egypt for a next, for a month. Um, 
you know, I, it, you get to do stuff that you would never get to do if you were, you know, a lawyer or whatever. Um, it's, and yeah, you get less hours on those things, but I mean, man, man, this is fun. Really good time. And you meet cool people and everybody, everybody jokes around and everybody has fun stories. And so it's actually, so you're not, it's not like you're rushing around and everybody's angry and frustrated and tired. Like people are, everybody's having a good time for the most part. And they'll joke and they'll have, and you'll have fun. And that's how you get to know people. And that's how you make those relationships. And it's, it's, it's fun. It's just kind of, it's kind of crazy that I, at the end of the, at the end of those days, I come back and someone gives me money for that, for doing that, you know? And I, I like to bring it up because I remember when I was starting, you have these impressions of what the industry is like. And then when you hear in anything bad that you hear, you're like, oh, no, you know, and then you're a little bit worried about it. Should I be doing this? And um, so I, I want to have give you a, a realistic viewpoint. That's why we're talking about it is like, you know, it's this is this is a good thing to do. You will love this business you will know if you're doing you can do background and see what it's like if you're like okay i'd love to be this is what i would like love to do so i just wanted to let everybody know um yeah i the, our main objective here is, was just to have the little burst of understanding of what this business is like and what gets people calling you for work and um and you said it so beautifully adam and thank you so much Hemu, for asking your thank you Great. We got yeah, Adam, I just have one small uh, question. Just, do you work now only on union, mostly union? Because I know you joined the IATSE chapter for script super supervising. How, like, what? Um, yeah, I'm. I'm actually on the. I'm there on the registry, so I'm not actually a member of their local one. But um, since I have, it, and because Colorado's uh, their um, their chapter is very small, it's a small market. Uh, so the way it works is just for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, if a union shoot is coming into the state, they have to hire, they first have to hire union people. So they have to go into the union register and they have to go through and for every for every position, they have to hire a union. Now, I'm fortunate enough to be a script supervisor in the state where there, I think there are only three script supervisors that are in the union in Colorado. So if they go through and they reach out to all three of those script supervisors and for whatever reason they can't do it, you know, they're booked on something else or out of town or whatever it is, then they have to get permission from the union, um, but the union will say, okay, fine, you can go and you can hire a non-union person, but they have a registry of people that they recommend and now I'm on it. So I've actually been getting a lot of calls. And the nice thing about it is because now I'll be working on union sets, so I'll be getting union rates. I'll be uh, I'll get all the, the nice benefits that you sometimes don't get when you're working on little independent things that are non-union. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. And it's really, it's really fun. I only started working on union shoots fairly recently and it's really kind of cool to see how much more efficiently it works. Uh, the sets move on that versus uh, some of the independent stuff. Yeah. Um, I want to mention that Adam has now made around $90,000, almost a hundred thousand dollars in the film industry. So when I say our program's 5k and you can make a hundred K, uh, here's an example of it right here. Okay, so thank you so much. What a wonderful conversation. Thanks everybody for coming today and being involved in this conversation. And um, yeah, I think we're gonna end the call. So thanks so much. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you, Han Lu. And thank you, everybody. All right, talk to you guys everybody. later. Have a great day. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.
Thanks so much for listening. And if you want to take your career to the next level in the film industry, go to friendsinfilm.com slash join. That's friendsinfilm.com slash join. You can sign up for our mini course, learn about the A-list model, and then you can take it all the way and do the A-list program. So that's friendsinfilm.com slash join. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day, everybody.